Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Back again, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Got my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy, with me from India. Uh, we are continuing in the epistle of James, a very early epistle written probably in the 40s. Uh, I am grateful and thankful to be able to expound the scriptures with Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, talk to us. Let let the people know what's happening in India. Take it away for a minute or so, Pastor Michael. Sure. We're doing well in India uh, as a church. Uh, we are, um, we had a slow start to the year, as I mentioned, uh, I think, of a few episodes ago. Um, we were all sick. We had a viral infection going around, but now we're all doing well. Um, so by God's grace, we're, you know, we're going well. And uh, me and my wife, my wife is expecting the second baby now. And so uh, that's something every one of you can pray for us. And uh, so we love children. And the Bible tells us that uh, I would be a blessed man if I add them like arrows to a quiver. And so I intend, we intend to do that. So <laughs> do keep us in prayer. So you, uh, would you say you wanted to have 10 children, Pastor Michael? <laughs> So my 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 wife's uh, dad is one of nine. So yeah, it's in the family. Lots of babies, lots of children are something that uh, that we have in the family, and so uh, and so we love children. Uh, but I don't I don't know practically. I don't think we'll hit that kind of a number. But <laughs> we could always adopt. So yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, we are continuing the Epistle of James this morning. Um, we are thankful and grateful for Pastor Michael to come and expound the scriptures with us. It's amazing how we can do this in modern technology. So one of the things uh, Martin Luther said was that he deemed the, the epistle of James an epistle of straw because he seen a, and, and you know, Martin Luther, obviously we, we love Dr. Martin Luther. Um, he was a, a great expositor of the word and talk about uh, reforming from the Catholic Church, right? Uh, but he did yeah. have a, an issue with uh, the epistle of James because it seemed like he thought it was coming against some of the teachings that Paul was saying justification by faith alone, and then Paul did teach that. But here James does not come away from Paul, I believe, I believe what James is saying, if you are truly justified, if you truly do have a sovereign faith that has been given to you by the grace of God, that that will show in your life. So I don't think James is coming against Paul here. I think he's just explaining Paul just a little more practical. If you're truly justified, truly sovereignly saved by grace, then your works will show. I don't think James is obviously saying that works save you. But let me read these couple of verses here. We're still in chapter 2. We're going to start from 14 to 17. I'm going to ask Pastor Michael to um, talk about um, faith and work. So 
starting in the second division, the second chapter of James, starting in the 14th verse, it says, What use is it, my brothers, talking to believers, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead by itself. Okay, Pastor Michael, um, obviously works don't save you, but can we say that works show that you're saved? Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't remember, I think it's R.C. Sproul who said that, um, um, and I don't know if he was quoting someone else, but I heard it from him first where he was talking about that we're saved by faith alone, but we're not saved by a faith that is alone. Amen. Um, and so uh, works are the inevitable outcome of genuine faith. Um I, and I think, um, I, I, and I used to say this in the church, I used to say that a heart with heavenward affections resides in a body that inevitably does good works. Mm. So that's a way of saying that you can't separate one from the other. If one exists without the other, then we've got a problem. Something is off. Something is not right. Um so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, this is something Luther got wrong, I believe. Um, when uh, when I was teaching through the book of Romans, it, it was an interesting experience when we were, uh, you know, going through Romans as, as a church because there were, there were instances where Paul would talk about the law and the righteous and holy and perfect law in, in such a way that you wondered, why isn't he talking about grace? And then he would turn around and talk about grace in such a way that it, it almost seemed like he was nullifying the law. So you had Paul talking about law as though grace was being nullified. And then he has, you have Paul talking about grace as though law is nullified. And so... I, I was telling the church, when you see that kind of a language in scripture, you have to realize that balance, spiritual balance is not half and half. It's not coming, you know, halfway to one end and halfway to the other. The spiritual reality that Paul's talking about is full on both sides. It's, it's about understanding the law in its entirety and understanding grace in its entirety. 50% of grace and 50% of law is not the balance. So that's why Paul could talk about law and grace in such a way that he's talking about them as two sides of the same coin, where he's saying that, yes, grace abounds, but must we continue sinning so that grace may abound? No, we don't do that at all, because when grace abounds to the sinner, they become righteous and righteousness produces good works, which are lawful works. Jesus in Matthew 7 said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So lawfulness is required in scripture. It is something that we must do. Throughout scripture, we have uh, encouragements, edifications, instructions, and commands asking us to behave a certain way, act a certain way. Do not present your bodies as instruments of sin, unrighteousness, but 
present your bodies as instruments of righteousness. That's a command given to us. We are commanded to rejoice. We are commanded to pray. We are commanded to be obedient. We are commanded to put away with sexual impurity. Uh, scripture gives us, issues these commands to us because they're important. They need to be obeyed. They need to be followed, but not in a manner where there is no grace. Grace abounds to us. And when grace abounds to us, righteousness abounds in us. And we inevitably must do good works. Yeah, and so basically I think James is talking about here, and I obviously agreeing with you, trying to look at my notes and listen at the same time. We got to be careful of inactive faith, right? I mean, we got to have an active faith. We got to be careful to have to to be inactive in faith. And and Paul speaks about work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to do your his good pleasure. So Yes, God is the one working in you, but there's something got to be worked out. You got to have an active faith. I think that's important. And again, we we're all sanctified in spots. I mean, and, and we 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 love Martin Luther, and we we both agree he might have got this wrong. And he did get this wrong, but but the thing is that Gordon Fee uh, said this. He says we don't have to; we get to, right? I mean. Works are not going to save you, but if you're truly saved, you don't have to, you get to. This is something you want to do. This is something that's been out of the regenerative heart that, again, you don't have to, you get to. This is part of being a in the covenant community, um, showing good works. Um, in fact, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 actually says you're created unto good works. So even your good works are a sovereign dis distribution by, by God. Is that fair to say, uh, uh, Pastor Michael? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, this is where the issue of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility Amen. comes into the picture. And I think it's important for us to realize that our task is not in identifying where God's sovereignty uh, functions in man's responsibility takes over. That's not what we are called to do. We are called to recognize that God is sovereign in all things and man is responsible for all things. And we do all of that knowing that there is a unification, there is a clarity of cooperation between these two realities. And when they come together, they glorify God. Faith and works, always a big, big issue. And basically, look at the practicality. I mean, you're going to see somebody that's going to need clothing. You're going to see somebody that's going to need food. And you're going to tell them, well, you know, go, go. We hope you find it. I, and I think, and, and I know it's practical. I know that James is being uh, very practical. But even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead by itself. And basically, the language there says it's dead by its own standards. So faith again, faith again has to be worked out. Works has to be worked out to show that you have true faith. Is that what I think uh, James is telling us here, Pastor Michael? Yes. And if we look at Matthew 7 and how Jesus rebukes those who call him Lord, Lord, mm -hmm. and because they are, law uh, they are a lawless people, our assurance in our, of our salvation in Christ is not coming out of just an intellectual belief, just a half-assad um, feeling. 
it comes from the clarity that God is indeed at work in us because we are producing the fruit of God's work in us. And so good works is the evidence that Jesus instructs the disciples to look at as a sign of genuine faith. You will know them by their fruit. Amen. And that fruit is made visible through these good works. And so, which is why works is important and which is why I think James is trying to highlight that it is very important for the Christian to produce these works. And so if one exists without the other, then you've got something going wrong and it needs to be addressed immediately. But Jesus said this, I need to close and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they said, when did that happen? When you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. Amen. You know, yes. so we, we look we look at the importance of of a can I say it like this, Michael? A working faith. Is is that okay? A working yeah. faith. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's 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 a faith that works. You know, we're grateful for that. And and the thing is, I, I think we want to be careful. So there's something that's there's something that's called the social gospel, um, where it's just works. You know, where you're just giving stuff. I mean, I think that's important, but I think if you do have that type of entity, that you need to not only give, but you need to give the gospel. Does that does is that something that you uh, you agree with, uh, Pastor Michael? Yeah, I mean, the gospel has personal impacts. It impacts the society. It impacts the culture. It impacts the world. It it changes the world. Uh, but the gospel is the center. Grace is the center. Grace is the root of it all. And um, I am not saved by how well I do good works. I am saved by that grace alone. But good works is an evidence that that grace is in fact effectual in my life. And I'm working it out for good. Verse 18 says, but someone will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, this is important. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe in shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? And again, Pastor Michael, he's speaking to believers. And now he's going to go into a colloquy that we're going to speak about next week about Abraham, who was justified we know by faith, I mean, we, we see that in the Old Testament, but James is going to talk about um, that that the, the working out of Abraham's faith was when he went and offered his son Isaac up at the altar. Right or wrong, yeah. Pastor Michael? And, Absolutely. And yeah. I think about that, and, and it's funny how, how God is so kind. That's not the first thing and we'll talk about this maybe more next time. I don't want to jump ahead because I didn't read the scriptures. But I always thought about this. When Abraham first came to faith by grace, God did not ask him to go sacrifice his son right away. It was many years of, of how God worked in Abraham's life that there was a time when God can go to Abraham and say, take your son, your only begotten son, and Abraham would look back and say, 
This is the God that fed me my whole life. I know that he's able to either raise my son from the dead. It's the kindness of God. He doesn't ask Abraham to do this as soon as he comes out of the Ur of the Chaldees. This is many years together walking with the Lord that I think Abraham at that time was able to trust the Lord and know that he does all things well. Does that make any sense, Michael? Yeah, and I think it's important to understand that not everybody can do the same degree of good works all the time. Uh, It's important to understand that uh, God requires of us righteousness and there is a growing faith. And as faith grows, so do good works. But it's our disposition to doing good works that's important. If we compare good works amongst ourselves and we look at that person who does that great good work and I'm not able to do that and we we shouldn't beat ourselves over it. I think it's the point that uh, to the degree of the measure of the faith that we have been given, we need to act it out. And God was gracious with Abraham not to require such a great work of obedience till he was ready for it, till his faith would rise to the occasion. Amen. And so I think God is gracious not to test us in ways that we cannot handle. He, uh, With every temptation, he, he brings a way out for us. So God's doing this in a gracious, sustainable, protective uh, way. It is challenging and it is difficult for us, but Jesus is there to help us. We do good works. So Jesus has not given us some kind of peripheral grace and uh, then sends us off to find our own fend for ourselves in doing good works. No, no, that's not what the Savior does. He not only gives us the grace, he walks us through the good works. He, He sustains us, he enables us. So the more we are disposed to doing good works, God blesses us, enables us, sustains us, and... uh, Every part of it is God working it in us as we work it out. And so there's not a single point where um, we're not working uh, and uh, God's not working. In our entire sanctification process, we are working well and God is working in us. Yeah, amen. And we'll close on this and we can, we'll start off with the tongue next time because we're kind of dealing with Abraham. And then I, I, you know, this is the section when James speaks about Abraham, then he talks about Rahab. Now, Rahab's an interesting player here because Rahab recognizes the God of the universe and hides the spies, you know, putting her life on the line. Um, And, you know, James says, hey, you know, Rahab was also justified by works. And he's not saying that she's justified by works in a way. She's justified by works that that her faith is being worked out by hiding the spies. And she's an interesting person in the scriptures because, you know, we we don't, she right away is saying, I know who you serve and I am going to acquiesce to that. And I'm going to hide you guys out on the roof. And we know the story. She's an interesting character and she's in the, and as we read the genealogy, she's in there. Absolutely. And I think that's a that's a clear sign of what it looks like for a Christian because uh, we're all sinners. Uh, we all fall short. We all sin. And our ability to do good works is not our ability to do perfect works. Even as we do good works, we will always be sinners. And the grace of God abounds to us 
that where sin runs deep, grace goes deeper still. And so we don't do good works from a position of sinlessness or a sinless perfection. We do good works in the dirt of sin, in the muddy pits. Mm. And God is gracious to wash us and cleanse us as we continue to strive to do good works. Jesus frees us to do good works. Uh, and he frees us from the bondage of sin. And that's what I think James is pointing to with Rahab because she's a sinner and God uses the sinner and the work that she does acts as a way of uh, justifying, proving, evidencing her faith and God is pleased to bless her. Uh, and uh, she comes in the genealogy of Christ. And I think James ends this section, this pericope, 21 through 25, we didn't read that, but the verse 26 says, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith, and you see he mentions faith first, without works is dead. So Amen. the next one we're going to speak about the old tongue, Pastor Michael, um, sure. and that, that'll be our next section. Um, but it's an honor to be able to interact with my brother, just modern technology is 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 amazing. Uh, Pastor Michael, any prayer requests that we can pray for you here before I sign off? Yeah, continue to pray for the health of the church, my own health. We've, like I said, we're just still recovering from a series of viral infections. Uh, pray that um, God sustains me. Um, I've got a lot of things going on right now. And so, Pray that God gives me strength, uh, God gives me peace and the clarity of mind to, um, you know, carry out my responsibilities. Praise the Lord. And get that book out so we can read it. Pastor Dominic Romaldi here. Uh, street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. God bless. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Romaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.